to the According to Sources football podcast after a a nice two week hiatus, right? Yeah, it's been nice we missed two you weeks. guys. I know I missed everybody. Uh, I miss talking football with you. It's been a busy week. I know there's been a lot going on in the world, and uh, since TJ and I, we, you know, we both have um, you know other jobs and other obligations, scheduling conflicts can kind of sometimes get in the way. But uh, we're back, um, and we're excited to talk some football. Uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, my name is Alex Burns. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Alex Burns Hoops, and I'm joined as always by my buddy TJ Shriano. What's going on? Not much, dude. Uh, kind of a slow week in NFL news with everything else going on, but excited to talk about what is going on. Yes. So usually, if you've listened to any episode of our podcast, you know that we, you know, we start things off. We talk about around the league rapid fire. So we go through a bunch of things that happened during the week, and we kind of give our takes on it. Uh, this week, like we said, it's been kind of down. So the one big thing we wanted to cover is the Jadevian Clowney rumors. No, in, in episode one of this podcast, we spoke about uh, where we thought he was going and, and what we thought was going to happen, um, where he would sign. Uh, there's been a little bit of news about that this week. What's your take on that? Where do you think he's going after hearing some stuff? Yeah, so I want to say it was like early last week, there was talks about three teams being heavily in the mix now, and it was like three completely different teams that was being reported before. And it's the Saints, the Browns, and the Titans for the Saints in the lead which is interesting because that's like – that would make them a huge contender, I think. It would. It would. But now it sounds like it's the Titans because you can see Till DeWan on Twitter, like, shouting him out. It was like, we could be on the same team and playing – posting highlights of him and stuff. Yeah. I, so I saw, you know, the Browns obviously were there. Um, we spoke about the Titans. I don't know if it was me or you. I think it was you. Um, just thought, you know, that would be a, a, a crazy um, – connection having him on the titans defensive line especially because they lost some guys in the offseason to free agency mm-hmm. um what do you think about the browns though? i know miles garrett's reinstated so he should be back week one uh that'd be a dangerous defensive line yeah it'd be it'd be kind of crazy honestly having two of like the top like freak athletes of this like decade on the same defensive line yeah so out of all those three teams so we named the saints the browns and the titans as the top three contenders to sign Clowney. Who do you think is the team more likely to pay him? I think it's the Saints. I think the Saints will go higher than the other yeah. teams because they're they're going all in on Drew Brees' last season. They're so I can see them offering him like $20 million for one year and be like, help us get a ring. Yeah. Do what you want after that. Yeah, win now mode. Uh, a lot of people have them as their Super Bowl picks this year, rightfully so. Uh, can you imagine that defense? be insane jordan cameron or not jordan cameron uh cameron jordan <laughs> jordan cameron was that tight end from uh cleveland had that, like that really good year like 2013 or oh yeah remember that yeah and then he just he was on the dolphins for like i think 2016 and just didn't do anything uh but that'd be a pretty dangerous defense he would really take their team their defense to the next level uh that's interesting yeah. um so that's pretty much all we had for around the league rapid fire uh not a lot of things going on uh in the nfl this week as far as news um, so let's go into the meat of our podcast and what we're, we're going to be talking about, uh, from now until the end of the podcast over the last two weeks, we've been going through some divisional previews, right? We went over the NFC West. We talked about who our favorite picks were, our favorite teams, some of our pay- favorite moves that some of the teams made in that division. Mm-hmm. And so today we're going to do two divisions. We're going to do the AFC East and the AFC South. 
And so we're just going to go through, kind of talk about every team individually, some moves they made, some some stuff that we think we can expect from them in 2020. And uh, we're going to give our takes on that. So let's just jump right in. AFC East edition. The first team on the list is my favorite team. It's the Miami Dolphins. What do you think? Start us off. Just a little outlook in 2020. Yeah. I feel like they have to be the team you start with for the AFC East because they had the biggest offseason. Um, I love what they did in free agency. Absolutely yeah. love it. Uh, bringing in Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy, Jordan Howard, trading for Matt Breda, signing some solid like depth on the defensive line with Ogba and Lawson, and then like some kind of like lower like talent wise, but good like depth signings with Eric Flowers and Ted Karras. Yeah, that'll be good. I, the obvious big moves are Jones and Van Noy, but overall they had really really good free agency period. Yeah, I agree. And I love the Van Noy signing. I'm so excited about that. But what I'm even more excited about, and I know we've we've hit on this a lot in you know podcast past, but mm-hmm. uh, I loved our move we did at the beginning of last season in signing our head coach. I thought that was the catalyst for all of this. It just helped like create a culture, so to say. And so yeah. obviously we knew Brian Flores is a good coach, but last year, you know, we didn't really expect a lot out of the Dolphins. But this year, now that he's been in the system for a year, he's been able to implement and kind of build his locker room and culture. I, we're now going to start seeing a little bit of the effects from that. And so yeah. just some of the players you named, it just fits his culture. You know, he brought Van Noy with him over from New England and – Man, I just I love the way they're looking. I love their off-season additions. Um, it'll be interesting though to see when Tua Tagovailoa plays. I yeah. don't know if I mean you have a pretty competent backup in Ryan Fitzpatrick who could, you know, be be very good, mm-hmm. uh, but also very bad. It's very weird. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see when Tua plays if he does in year one. I think we want him to play in year one. Yeah, he gets to go. I don't think he's like a project. I think you need to get him in there and and let him go to work, but. But yeah, I'm, I like the like the season. What do you think about some losses? Um, the yeah, had? the only notable ones I had was Akib Talib, which was like a kind of a loss because he didn't really even play for you guys. That was a bummer, by the way. And then Rashad Jones. And yeah. other than that, I don't think there was any other losses that are even like worth mentioning, or that like the average casual fan would even know the name of the person. Yeah. But it's more of like a leadership loss than it is like a player loss. Yeah, but I mean, you even saw too towards the end of I think it was 2018. Uh, you know, Rashad Jones, I mean, he was in it with, he was at it with Adam Gase and they weren't getting along. And I remember he wasn't playing mm-hmm. a lot. And there was just, Rashad Jones was really good in his tenure with the Miami Dolphins. But I feel like the last couple of years, he was kind of on his way down. So like what you said, instead of an impact on the field, I think it's more of just an impact on the locker room loss than anything. Yeah. Um, what do you think about their draft? I actually like their draft a lot. There was a couple of spots where uh, I thought they could have made better choices, but I don't think they made bad choices. Yeah. And you probably feel the same way about Austin Jackson and Noah Igabonagui, or however you say his name, Igabonagui. <laughs> Noah I I- say it. Igabonagui. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, like, both of them are great players. They're going to fill solid roles for you guys. But I don't know if they were the smart choice at yeah. those spots. Other than that, love Robert Hunt. Uh, Davis was a little bit of a reach, but he's solid. Brandon Jones will be good. I think the best pick, though, is Curtis Weaver. Hmm. Super late in the draft. That dude had, like, first-round hype throughout the season. And then he just kind of got fat. So I think if Brian Flores can get him in shape, that's going to be a huge steal. It's not even Brian Flores. It's literally the South Florida humidity and heat will get him in for shape real. real fast. Didn't he, he played for, was it Boise State? Yeah. Okay. He was super productive, too. He was just, yeah. like, out of shape. So people thought he couldn't, like, reproduce it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't disagree with anything. Um, if I had a take, I'd just re- be repeating everything you said. Uh, some players to watch. Uh, for me, um, I'm very big on uh, tight end Mike Jacecki. I don't know if you had him uh, on your players to watch for 2020. Um, I love him. I think he's good. Usually rookie tight ends, and I know he was rookie two years ago, but rookie tight ends usually take a couple years to get acclimated mm-hmm. to the system and to really be productive in the NFL. And so I think this could be his year to yeah. uh, to break out. He has a competent quarterback, and I, I think uh, three years in the system, I think he could he could really break out this year. So I'll be looking forward to watching him. Uh, any players for you? Yeah, I also had him. I think he's going to have a really big year. He's just that, like, move up the seam tight end that's just going to get a lot of targets in the red zone. Yeah. Um, and then the other person I had, it's like it's two people, and I'm not sure which one. It's going to be McMillan or Jerome Baker. I think one of them's going to have a big step up this year, having a lot of talent in front of them and next to them, where basically they've been the stars of the defense because the defense has been like so empty of talent. Yeah. But I think they'll take a big leap having a lot of pressure taken off of them. Yeah. I just don't know which one. Yeah. And it'll interesting. Uh, it'll also be interesting to see uh, Devontae Parker, uh, you know, kind of year two in a competent system. I know the first couple of years, we talked about this in our last podcast yeah. uh, with the Michael Thomas versus Devontae Parker beef, but uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see, especially whether it's Tua or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Devontae Parker was amazing last year, and it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that up. Um, so I'll, I'll be looking at him. I yeah. asked this last podcast, but I think I'm going to get a Devontae Parker jersey. Good. I love it. I love <laughs> it. So let's talk about uh, playoff threat. So I'm now in the AFC East. I, I want to say the division has gotten worse, has gotten a little bit opened up, but at the same time, I don't. Because as yeah. the Patriots are kind of disbanding a little bit and getting a little weaker, they still have Bill Belichick, and the Bills are still the Bills, and the Bills are very complete right now. That's why a lot of people were surprised at their draft is because like they really didn't have a bunch of weaknesses yeah. <laughs> in the draft. They just kind of filled spots and stuff. So the Bills are, are going to be really good. Um but I, I don't really know. This is like a weird division for me. I don't know what to think about. Obviously, the Jets and Adam Gates are the Jets. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about playoff threats? Who's the teams to watch in this division? And, you know. Yeah. We talked about – I want to say it was the first episode. It might have been the second. They talked about the Dolphins as a sleeper team for the playoffs because of all the moves they made and the culture Brian Flores is putting in. Um, I think until New England shows that they can't win without Tom Brady, it's New England's division. Mm-hmm. But I think the Bills are really, really on the rise. So I think those are the two threats to the playoff yeah. for the Dolphins is Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick and then the Bills on the rise. So other than that, I think they actually have a solid chance. Like if New England can't win without Tom Brady, they might be like a couple games out of the playoffs for the AFC spot. Yeah. Yeah, as long as Bill Belichick's on the sidelines, you know, I don't really know what to say. I'm not going to count them out. Yeah, it's no different anything. than any other year except Tom Brady left. That's the only difference. Yeah. He lets star players walk every single year. That's true. That's true. And I know there's a debate. I'm not saying that I agree with this, but there's always that debate. Is Tom Brady, is he a system quarterback? Like, yes. it'll be also interesting on the flip side to see how he performs in Tampa Bay after, you know, first year not being with Bill. Uh, speaking of the Patriots, let's move on to the Patriots. Let's yep. go to New England now. Let's talk about them a little bit. Offseason additions, uh, additions, losses, and draft. Take it away. What do you think about New England's offseason? Yeah, I think the biggest things they did in free agency was retaining McCordy and Thune. Uh Matthew Slater was a good uh, retaining thing, too, because he's like leads their special teams. He's mm-hmm. an all-pro special team player every year. Um, and then they, they had a very quiet offseason, but there was three that I wrote down that I think is like very Bill Belichick mm-hmm. that might pay off well, which is uh, – I don't know how to say his first name. Damier Bird. 
I want to say he was with the Cardinals the past few years. Yes, he's a receiver. Yeah, straight line speed, dude, super mm-hmm. fast. I think he's going to have a resurgence with Bill, kind of like Philip Dorsett did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Adrian Phillips is like a versatile safety from the Chargers who like kind of is undervalued because he wasn't really needed mm-hmm. over the past few years. Yeah, And I think Bill Jack will have him step up a bit. It just – it seems like a Bill Belichick signing. And then Danny Vitell, he's a fullback. I want to say he's with the Packers. And, like, it, it's a fullback. Who cares? But Bill Belichick always gets something out of his fullbacks. Oh, yeah. So that's why I think it's a significant signing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the Patriots were always that team that they would, there would be one game out of the year that, like, the fullback would have three or four touchdowns. Like, just from yeah. the one-yard line, just punch it in. He was actually the fullback for the Packers, I want to say, that had, like, the wheel route touchdown. It was, like, a 50-yard touchdown pass. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple teams that just, like, they managed to use their fullback in funny ways, and the Patriots are definitely one of them. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Um, you know, some of the losses they had, um, you know, Landon Collins, um, obviously that's kind of a bigger a bigger loss. Collins. Landon Collins, Jamie Collins, excuse me. Yeah. I said that, and something in my mind was like, that's not right, but I couldn't pinpoint it. <laughs> um, Jamie Collins, obviously, but Jamie Collins, that guy, he was really good for them, especially when Chandler Jones was on the Patriots um, mm-hmm. a couple years ago. They were like a one-two punch, you know, really good. And then I remember they traded him to um, Cleveland, and he kind of just was in, and then they got him back again. He was really productive last year. So yeah, uh, he's a good player. He was a really good athlete. Um, that's definitely a loss. And then I had written down here, um, it's probably the first time we've talked about a kicker on the podcast. Steve yeah. Goskowski. Yeah. They lot, you know, he he is gone. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, in today's in today's football, you know, kicking is super important, and I mean, games are win and lost, uh, you know, off of kicking. And so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. You know, he was yeah. a good kicker for them for a lot of for a lot of years. Yeah, he exactly. He's been kind of on a downturn for a couple of years now, mm-hmm. and I think Bill's finally tired of like losing games or almost losing games because of it. So they they dropped him. They picked up a kicker in the draft, and. It's, He's probably gonna be a great kicker because Bill drafted him. But yep. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then do you have anybody else that any key loss? I mean, obviously there's Brady, and we've talked about Kyle Van Noy a little bit. But yeah. is there anybody else you think will make a big difference? Uh, I put Dorsett, but it's kind of canceled out by the Bird signing. Yeah. Uh, Nate Ebner was also a special teams captain. Uh, went yes. to the Giants with Joe Judge, so yes. that might be a little bit of a loss. And then the biggest one that we haven't mentioned so far is Danny Shelton. Massive huh. BP just eats up lots of blocks in the middle of their defense. Yeah. And they didn't really sign anybody to replace him. And I don't think they really drafted anybody that could play that role either. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things is we can talk about the Patriots all we want, but as long as Bill, like you said, as long as Bill Belichick's there, it's almost like they yeah. can have no one and they're going to be competitive. Yeah, until um, they prove they can't win without Tom Brady, it's their division. It's exa- it's funny. It's like I keep having this weird feeling talking about them in a negative light. I just feel like I can't do it. Yeah. Um, obviously, their draft was, you know, had a lot of public scrutiny because the way they draft, they drafted that. some Division two player with their first pick. Um, or was it a D3 player? D2 or D3, I don't know. It was, it was a little fine. I know that. <laughs> definitely wasn't like a, a highly ranked prospect. Uh, what are your thoughts on their draft? I actually loved it a lot. I feel like – the key losses they had in free agency, they addressed it, like, very specifically in the draft. Yeah. So, like, uh, well, the first pick uh, with Devin McCourty were coming back. They didn't really replace him. They kind of, like, set themselves up for future success mm-hmm. whenever him or Patrick Chung leave or retire because they're both getting old. So, like, he's in that same mold as both of them. Versatile safety, does it all, can play linebacker, can play safety, can cover, can rush. Um, and then Uchi and Jennings, they basically just replaced Van Noy. 
um, Asiasi and Keen are their like tight end guys to develop to replace Gronk. Hopefully, yeah. uh, they got a really big offensive guard with Anwunu. Uh, He's a Michigan guy. I don't know mm-hmm. much about him. I just know he was like massive. He was like three hundred and forty pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, de- developmental tackle, and then I think the biggest thing they got was their UDFA's was with Brian Lewerke. He had first round hype going into the uh, season last year and kind of fell off production wise. But if like Bill can get him back to form, even if Stidham isn't good, he has a guy that he could turn to that might be able to develop. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Let's talk about Stidham a little bit. Yeah. What do you think? I, I mean, is he, I mean, obviously I think he's on your players to watch, so we'll, yeah. we'll move to that. What do you think about Stidham? Yeah, I think I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I want to say yeah. with Matt Miller released an article and he was saying there was a lot of uh, scouts that were saying if Stidham was a senior this year instead of the previous year, he would have been like QB three first round pick, but because he came out in a better class and came out in a year where there wasn't as much need for quarterback at the top, he fell to the third round. Um, so there's a good chance he could be well. He had first round hype at Auburn, looked really good, uh, just fell apart his senior year without competent surrounding players around him. So it'll be interesting to see. Bill always yeah. gets something out of QBs. So Very far. true, and. With Jared Stidham, too, it's funny because, like, when you think about him, I feel like he was obviously overshadowed by Tom Brady. And, you know, he was, <laughs> there was no chance he was going to see the field outside of an injury as long as Brady was there. And I'm speaking for myself. When I would think about Jared Stidham, I would just think he was some undrafted free agent they signed to just back up Brady for insurance. But yeah. when I did a little bit of research, I figured out, he, you know, I remembered he was the third round pick. That's day two. Mm-hmm. That's not, he's no slouch. No. You know? He's not like some like seventh round, you know, Mr. Real, uh, what is it, irrelevant pick that they just got to add depth. Like, He's a pretty good quarterback, so if they can yeah. get him to play, and and I think it's telling. You've talked about this on a previous podcast. It's telling that they haven't signed anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's been a couple nice names out there in free agency that they could have brought in that could have been competent for them in this year, especially yeah. in the in the Patriots system. And it looks like they're rolling with Sidham. So yeah, you know, we'll we'll see what happens uh, as far as playoff threats uh, to the Patriots. It's weird to even think they could possibly have threats this season. Um, what are some quarter or some playoff threats you think they have? Yeah, I think it's going to be quarterback play to start. Like we said, like so many times already this episode, yeah. until Bill shows he can't win without Tom Brady, it's Bill's division. Mm-hmm. So whatever happens, whether it's Hoyer or Stidham or Lurikey even, um, it's QB play is going to determine their fate. Yeah. And then the division improving around them. Even the with Gase being an incompetent coach, the Jets roster did get a lot better. And I think – the way they approach the offseason shows that it's actually Joe Douglas's team, not Adam Gase's. Uh-huh. So I could see like midseason firing of Adam Gase and Greg Williams coming in, and like the whole division's better talent-wise. Yeah. So I think like QB play and just like the threat of actually having a competent division to compete yeah. with makes sense. Well, you just mentioned Adam Gase, and the Jets are our next team to talk about. So let's move on to the Jets. Cool. Oh boy. <laughs> I, uh, my ears perked up when you said the word fired and Adam Gase in the same sentence. Um, I'm a Salty Dolphins fan. I don't think Adam Gase is a great coach outside of his year with Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. What are we going to be talking about with the Jets? Um, I, I did like, um, I will say in their draft, I'll just mention this. I love their pick of Denzel Mims. Um, yes. I thought I had a first round grade on him myself. Um, I thought he was either going to go to the Packers uh, at the end of round one, I think they had pick 30 before they traded up to grab a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Or like the Vikings, but they ended up getting Jefferson. But um, I love the addition of Mims, and I think he could be a, a pretty heavy part of their offense 
out of the beginning of the season. They don't really have a lot of competition for targets. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. I just get really excited when I think of Denzel Mims. So let's talk about some of their additions before we get to the draft. Yeah. So like the uh, the Patriots, they had two key re-signings with Brian Poole to play the slot role. Uh-huh. And Jordan Jenkins. He's uh, kind of an underrated linebacker. Like if you look at the like advanced numbers for him, he's actually like a super productive pass rusher. Mm-hmm. But he kind of plays that Kyle Van Noy role where he does a little bit of everything, so he doesn't get the huge sack numbers because he's also in coverage. He's also stopping the run. He's not just rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then signings wise, they got Connor McGovern, which is going to be good for that interior offensive line. Uh, they got Fant to play tackle, which everybody kind of roasted him for that pick, but they need to do something. So, like, kudos to them for signing somebody, even if it wasn't somebody good. Um, Pierre Desire helped play corner as well. They traded for Quincy Wilson for, like, a fourth or a fifth-round pick, which he's not super good, but, like, more solid depth at a position of need, which was a good move. Yeah. And then bringing in Frank Gore and Josh Doxson. Frank Gore, hopefully, is, like, just, like, a – I don't even want to say insurance for Le'Veon Bell, but, like, if Le'Veon Bell gets tired, he comes in. I don't want them to split carries. Bell should be the lead back. Yeah. And then Doxon's just like, a, oh, he's a first-round talent. That didn't really work out. Let's take a gamble on him, which I like that. Yeah. Back to Frank Gore. Um, I'm somebody who saw Frank Gore on the Dolphins um, with Adam Gase. And I just – it was one of those things that it really didn't make any sense. Frank Gore, obviously one of the best running backs in NFL history, yeah. illustrious career. I just don't get why Adam Gase is, like, so in love with him. I just feel like Adam Gase owes him money or something. I, it's the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> he just brings Frank Gore everywhere he, everywhere he goes. Um, I one of the interesting additions for me is Brashad Perriman, and I thought that was good too. I forgot. So to he's that. one of those players. It's weird because he was drafted pretty high. I think it was in twenty fifteen or sixteen. Like one that. Of those years. He was drafted pretty high, and then he was seen as like a bust in his first couple of years. I think it was he was drafted by Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, he really started coming on last season in Tampa Bay, and he was pretty good. And so that was a nice free agent signing. So you're gonna have Perriman, Denzel Mims, and then um. Jameson Crowder to play the slot, that's not bad. I mean, that's not a no. bad receiving core, a lot of potential. Um, so, you know, they might surprise everybody. Plus, we have one of the best receiving backs um, out of the backfield, Le'Veon Bell. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to, like, really think the Jets or, or be optimistic about the Jets as long as Adam Gates is there and yeah. as long as Sam Darnold doesn't get mono again. But <laughs> – I don't know. I don't know. This team is just – it's hard to project for me. They're all over the place, honestly. Yeah, it's – they're an interesting team. Perriman, like you were saying, he's kind of come – become a good solid receiver lately. And I think that's because he's not being asked to be the number one guy like he was in Baltimore. And he also dealt with a lot of injuries in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. He's been relatively healthy since he left. Yep. Uh, as far as losses go, nothing really significant outside of Robbie Anderson – um, Jermaine Johnson, you would think would be a big loss because of the contract he had, but he has not performed at all. No. So they won't feel that loss. Um, other than that, it's just depth thesis with Daryl Roberts, Kelvin Beachum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember which Khalil brother it was, but it was Matt or Ryan Khalil they lost to. I want to say it was – I want to say it was Ryan. I think – didn't Matt play for the Panthers? They both played for the Panthers. I don't know which one <laughs> went to the Jets, though. <laughs> I don't know. The, one of the Khalil brothers, they lost. Yeah. Um, Let's look at the draft. I, I thought they had, surprisingly, I thought they had a very good draft. Um, yeah. For being the Jets. Mekhi Becton, their first pick. I thought that was a great pick, mm-hmm. uh, personally. you gotta, you got to protect Sam Darnold. What, was there, like, three quarterbacks that played last year and all of them got hurt in bad ways? Yeah. Uh, that was definitely a need. They filled that. We talked about um, 
um, excuse me, I keep forgetting his name, Denzel Mims. Talked about Denzel Mims. Yes. And then, of course, I'm going to let you talk about this guy because that's your favorite guy coming into the draft. <laughs> you wanted the Giants to get him, so you can take that this one. Yeah, Ashton Davis. Uh, yeah. We talked about this a lot. I want to say almost every episode we've brought up his name. Uh, he's going to be really good. It's elite sideline and sideline range. He's going to free up Marcus May and Jamal Adams to do what they're best at because he'll be able to cover their back end. Um, and then after that, Jabari Zuniga is a solid depth rusher for them. He's more of like a 4-3 end, which is interesting because they run a 3-4. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do with him. And then the thing I thought was really interesting was uh, the picking Tanner Morgan hmm. in like the third or fourth round. They obviously needed a backup quarterback, um, but that was kind of early when you have a rookie – like not a rookie quarterback, but a rookie contract quarterback still. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, just thinking about what you said about Ashton Davis – Let's talk about the Jamal Adams for a second, because this has been kind of unique. He's yeah. been in and out of trade talks for, I feel like, the past month and a half, or ever since the draft, at least. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, what's going on? I mean, I know they drafted Ashton Davis. He'd be a great compliment to Jamal Adams. Why is this all of a sudden this big need to trade away your young, you know, elite safety? It's a combination of, like, him seeming to not be happy there, Adam Gase seeming to not like him. And not wanting to pay him because he's going to demand like $15, $16 million a year, probably. Rightfully so. Yeah. Talent wise, yes. Yeah. But as far as like positional value goes, a strong safety probably shouldn't be making that much for your team to like succeed. So like, I think it's like a combination of all those. And that's Joe, you got to remember, Joe Douglas comes from Philly, where like Howie Rouseman like just basically acts like the cap doesn't exist. <laughs> so if Gase is gone and they don't trade him, I think they'll find a way to retain him. Huh. Yeah, I, I mean, I would gladly, with open arms, take Jamal Adams on the Dolphins. One of my I think every players. team would, except for like, yeah. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't want to say like the Chargers won't because they have Derwin James because they'll just like have both of them. Right now, you're just gonna say every team would except the Browns. Yeah, <laughs> the Browns just wouldn't take them. Um, so uh, that good draft. I think we can all agree they had a good draft. Uh, players to watch, pretty obvious. I mean, there's not any sneaky guys there. Did you have any players that you're watching on the Jets? Uh, the ones that aren't obvious is CJ Mosley. Uh, he basically didn't play for them last year mm-hmm. and their defense felt it. He played like one game. They looked really good on defense yeah. and then he was out and they felt it. Uh, so I'm excited to see him healthy and see what happens. And then, uh, Heron Doe in the tight end, yes. everybody was huge on him last yes. year and he got hurt, barely played. Yep. I'm excited to see what he does when he's healthy. Just like Mosley. Didn't Mosley, um, have a pick six in his only game? Last year. I think so, yeah. He had, like, a really good, like, game for his one game last year. Yeah. He's good. I mean, I was always been a C.J. Mosley fan when he was in Baltimore. Uh, Drew, uh, what's their biggest playoff threat besides uh, Adam Gase? <laughs> I was, was going to say it's the Gase-Darnold pairing, like, <laughs> together. I think Gase just seems so petty that Darnold could get mono again or throw, like, two picks, and he just benches him for Tanner Morgan because Tanner Morgan's the guy he picked. Petty is a great word for Adam Gase. Very petty. So, yeah, I agree with that. Though, so. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'll just I'll honestly, I won't even say the, the gay Arnold pairing. I'll just say Gase. I Like you said, he's petty. I don't understand some of the things he does. I mean, you have Le'Veon Bell. Why bring in Frank? I mean, why bring in Frank Gore? I don't understand it. And then he was yeah. said that, you know, he wants Frank Gore to handle a lot of goal line work and, and do that kind of stuff. That's fine. I don't, I don't mind that. I mean, Frank Gore's a bigger back. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting. To see what happens there. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the Buffalo Bills. I'm excited to talk about this one. I am um, too. Division rival of my Miami Dolphins, but 
Uh, it's fun when when some teams that have been bad for so long are good. It just fun, you know what I mean. It just has yeah, that fun energy is. when teams. So the Buffalo has been you know pretty competitive the last couple of years, and but really took that leap last year and made the playoffs and and was pretty they were pretty competitive, and so coming into this season, we talked about this early. I don't really think they have any weaknesses, like glaring weaknesses. Yeah, uh, just fill in some holes. So what what is your out your take on their offseason additions, their losses, uh, some stuff? Let's get it going. Yeah, I, I know we both love the trade for uh, Stephon Diggs. I don't think they were guaranteed a receiver as good as him with the pick they had, so it was a smart trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as free agency goes, they had some really good signings. Um, outside of Josh Norman, it was all depth pieces, but it was depth pieces where they needed depth. So I thought I liked that a lot. Yeah, Josh Norman hopefully will step into the number two corner spot and just thrive opposite Tre'Davious White, Vernon B- Butler, Quinnen Jefferson, Mario Addison add a lot of depth on that defensive line, and then I want to say EJ Gaines was the corner they signed to kind of like be their number three corner or their depth mm-hmm. corner, probably depth behind Levi Wallace honestly, and then Daryl Williams is just like a solid, like can play any role in the offensive line, offensive lineman. Yeah, he was like a really good right tackle then he became a like decent guard he's played some center like dude dude can play a lot of spots for them if wherever he needed yeah that's the thing about too going back to stefan Diggs, is to me that trade for Diggs was more of a hey you know josh allen we know you can run the football you know we know you're you're very athletic i think he has 18 rushing touchdowns in his first two years we know yeah. you're talented in that area but it's time for you to prove it with your arm. And he's been a little inaccurate his first couple of years, but yeah. he's such a threat with his legs that it's like he, you, you have him on the field. I think yeah. going and getting digs is kind of that, hey, man, like there's no excuses anymore. You know, we got – you have two solid receivers on opposite ends and John Brown and Stephon Diggs. John Brown, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated receivers in football. Yeah. He doesn't get a lot of hype at all, but he's so good. Yeah. And he was really good last year. Yeah, and he has one of the like, most underrated slot receivers, too, and Cole yeah. Beasley. Yeah, and so that's another thing. You have Cole Beasley, you have Stephon Diggs, John Brown, and then, and then a rising tight end in Dawson Knox, who, yep. to me, kind of it comps out to not play style, but just system and timing, as to Mike Jacecki. I don't think they, like, they're similar in their play style. Yeah. But as far as a young tight end, he's had a couple years in the system, and he's had a couple years to learn, so he could be a breakout candidate this year. And then yeah. you have Devin Singletary, who's very talented, catching the ball in yes. the backfield. He has weapons all around him. I mean, I know he's young, and you're not going to give up on him if he, has a, if he struggles this year, but there's really no excuse, in my opinion. Yeah, and then Losses wise, they didn't really have any big losses. It was more, it was kind of canceled out. Like they lost uh, Jordan Phillips, they lost Johnson, they lost Legit, they lost Lawson. So it's a lot of depth pieces they lost. Nobody like that's going to make a massive difference considering who they signed and traded for. And then yeah. their draft too, as well, is going to cancel out some of those signings. Yeah, let's talk about that. Who's your who's some of your favorite uh, draft picks? Yeah, so Epineza, obvious like favorite there. Um, he was like the guy that was getting mocked to them if it wasn't a receiver going to there. Mm-hmm. So I really like that pick getting him in the second round. Uh, Gabe Davis and Isaiah Hodgins were two of my favorite late round receivers. So like, I really like them going there. Um, Hodgins, I don't remember what the percentage was, but he had the best hands in college football, like rate of accurate passes that, and like even un- uncatch like technically uncatchable passes yeah. that he caught was like the best in the league, had the fewest drops in huh. all of college football. Dude's a beast. Six, he's like 6'4", 220, has decent speed. He could develop into something good for them. And then my favorite thing they got was Trey Adams as a UDFA. Hmm. 
dude was like super talented, first round, top ten potential tackle. Then he just kept getting hurt. Yeah. And in Buffalo, he's not going to be rushed to be a starter because they have Kobe Ford and they have uh, Deion Dawkins. So he's basically just like a developmental piece that could turn into a starter for them a few years from now. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I want to uh, piggyback on AJ Epinesa. I loved him in the draft. I thought he was so mm-hmm. good out of Iowa. Um, I actually thought – so when I was, like, looking at him and kind of, like, studying him a little bit before the draft, I he just looked like a New England Patriots kind of player to mm-hmm. me. Like that hybrid, you could just – I don't know, you could put him anywhere and he'll – like a Jamie – I'm not saying he's as athletic as Jamie Collins, but similar to that style. Um, Gabe Davis, if you think about Josh Allen, and he has a very strong arm, he's just not accurate. Gabe Davis is a great deep threat receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just got to mention Jake from State Farm. I guess Jake yeah. from, um, and then Zach Moss and then Brandon Bean. I know he came out uh, a couple weeks ago and he said that he wants Zach Moss to uh, be a main part of their offense. And he yeah. honestly wants Zach Moss to step into the same role Frank Gore did last year. So mm-hmm. that was a big role. I mean, Frank Gore got a lot of carries and especially he inside did. the goal line. So I don't know what that means for Devin Singletary. Um, Bean did say he saw Singletary playing the same role he did last year, which was heavily involved. But Zach Moss, that was a good pick. Uh, you know, he was injured a little bit, so I think there was a little bit of. Uh, was it? Well, he was. What he was? What kind of injury did he have? I don't remember. Um, I just yeah. know that he Moss has missed a lot of time. Yeah. Singletary showed he was consistent in college, but so far he's well, he had like some injuries. I don't remember what though. Little things here and there. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that dynamic. But I think. We've talked about how talented Singletary is. I think yeah. it's Singletary's like backfield, yeah. and Moss is just depth. I love Singletary. Um, players to watch. We kind of hit on a lot of them, unless you have someone who we really didn't talk about. No, we talked about all of them. Um, not in great depth, but yeah, Allen. It's kind of like his time to prove it or lose it. Yep. And I think Norman could have a rebound year, not being a number one corner, being opposite a true lockdown man-to-man corner. I think that could benefit him a lot career-wise. Yeah. And biggest playoff threat? Josh Allen. There we go. We kind of talked about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Bills? Yeah. I think they're – I think they have a real chance to playoffs. I think if if Bill Belichick wasn't so good, I think this is their division to lose. I agree. I would have to agree with you. And that's the team that when we first started talking about the biggest threats, I know Bills were mentioned. Um, yeah. You mentioned the Bills, but it's so weird. Bill Belichick, the Bills. There's so many Bills in this AFC East. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, they're the they're the biggest threat outside of uh, Bill Belichick. Yeah, speaking of bills, we have another bill we need to talk about. <laughs> There's so many bills on this podcast; it's insane. Houston Texans, man, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, yeah so Mr. we're transitioning uh, to AFC South now. <laughs> Mister, Mister, Mister All Star GM trading away yeah. DeAndre Hopkins and not getting a first round pick. Yeah, it's <laughs> let's let's start there. Let's start with the losses then, just because I want to talk about that. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I I can't help but laugh. I I don't know. I just remember where I like. There's a couple things that happen in sports where you just remember where you were at when you like heard about it. For me, yeah. I remember exactly where I was at, what I was doing, what day it was when I got the notification on my phone. <laughs> oh man, what do you think about some of the additions? Yeah, so they, I like resigning Bradley Roby. He's like a solid corner. He's not what he was hyped up to be, but he's still good. Yeah, uh, bringing in Vernon Hargraves to play the slot role. Hopefully, he can rebound his career there. Uh, we've talked about it a couple times with the signing of Randall Cobb, how he's just mm-hmm. like a solid, shifty receiver that could help Deshaun Watson. Uh, Eric Murray, Philip Gaines, just more corner depth. Uh, I like the trade in season for Garyon Conley, and I listed him here because he didn't get a whole lot of playtime with them last season. 
but I'm excited to see what he does in a full season in that defense, not being like full pressure to be the number one corner. And then this one's interesting. They traded for Brandon Cooks. That'll be good. The thing that's really interesting though is Timmy Jurgen. Is he actually signing with them or not? Like there was reports saying he was, there's reports saying he's not. What's going on with that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's... Who knows? I know. Yeah, I I agree with you on Gary on Conley a lot. That's actually that was a really good one. I didn't have that in my uh, in my rundown at all, but that's a really good one because he was a high he was highly picked. I think mm-hmm. in 2016, 17 or something by the Raiders, yeah. and so he just yeah to get him. I mean, that's a lot of potential. Um, mm-hmm. And then also, I'm thinking about something that you said. I think it was our first podcast about how the way they're acquiring their receivers, they're getting a bunch of guys to kind of play the same style instead of just getting like one, one X or one dominant, you know, lead receiver. And then a bunch yeah. of other, like Randall Cobb, Brandon cooks, Will Fuller, Kiki QT. I mean, there's a, they're all similar yeah. um, in play style. And I think Brandon cooks, in my opinion, was the biggest signing for them. Mm-hmm. Obviously I would prefer Deandre Hopkins over cooks, yeah. but for the situation at hand to get Brandon cooks, if you think about him, the dude has been on like five teams in six years. Yeah, he has not had the consistency to stay with one quarterback with one system. He's been traded around, and he's still been pretty productive. Yeah. Um, I know he was on, you know, Sean McVay and the Rams for two years. That was like the longest he was on uh, a team, yeah. other than the Saints. And that was the worst quarterback he's had too. It was Jared Goff, yeah. which like he's still at least league average at worst. The only so like, thing is just concussions, and I think he's mm-hmm. a couple away from probably retiring. Yeah. So if he can stay healthy, though. That could be a really good option, both yeah. even in fantasy. I mean, he could put up a lot of numbers, and, and yeah. even in real life, he could be a very big weapon for them. So that's a good set. That was a good signing. I wonder if yeah. they traded DeAndre. I mean, like I said, DeAndre Hopkins is way better than Cooks. But I wonder if they traded Hopkins, knowing that they could get Cooks. They could get Cooks, and that kind of helped cushion the blow a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, it. I think it did on the fact of how the team will perform. Yeah, but as like a fan, it definitely did not because I know they had similar contracts. Like, so it's like you traded a top five receiver, probably top two receiver, for a, a top ten deep threat receiver, not even a top ten receiver. Crazy, crazy. But so let's like talk it. about in. Uh, speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, let's go to some losses for them. Yeah, who were some key losses? Uh, so we already have addressed Carlos or not Carlos Hyde. Uh, Carlos Hyde's one. We already addressed Nuke. Um, the big one that I really think is going to be DJ Reader. He's kind of like Danny Shelton. We talked about New England, just a big body, eats up a lot of blocks in the middle of the line. Really good. Um, Jonathan Joseph, veteran corner they lost. Sean Gibson, senior, another veteran safety they lost. Yep. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, and, like, they lost Lamar Miller, too. So, like, David yep. Johnson, it's his backfield, I think. And if he could stay healthy, he might rebound. And Bill O'Brien might not look that stupid if he stays healthy. Yeah. What is – I mean, I'm, obvi- I'm a big David Johnson fan. What are your thoughts? Because David Johnson obviously is known for his pass-catching ability. He's mm-hmm. very talented in that area. But they also have Duke Johnson. So it's like, how are they going to split time? I mean, obviously David Johnson is, is the, the one in that offense. But how – I don't know. I don't know how that's going to look. I don't either. It's. I think it's going to be kind of similar to what they were doing last year with it being Lamar Miller's backfield, kind of Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde coming in as needed. Yeah. But primarily well, going to be – when did Lamar awesome. Miller get hurt last year? Because he got hurt. It was like a couple of different times, wasn't it? I don't think he went yeah. out for like a whole season or something. I know he's been battling. I know I think the year before he tore his ACL, kind of towards the last the end of the season or something. Yeah, I think that's when why they tried it traded for Johnson in the first place. Yeah. And then they got high mid season because he got hurt again, but it wasn't like season ending. 
Yeah, and Hyde was Hyde's good. Hyde just signed with the Seahawks. Yeah, right. And Hyde's always been a, a pretty. We talked about him in the last podcast. He's been a pretty good, uh, competent running back when he needs to fill yeah. in. So. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what they're like uh, as far as their draft. Um, they didn't really have a lot of picks, so no. it was really hard to make a big splash when you don't when you only have three picks. But uh, what what was your overall take on their draft? Yeah, Ross Blaylock. I forgot to write him down in my notes, but they also drafted him. Um, solid guy had some late first round hype, so getting him at pick forty was pretty good. Um, I really 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 like getting Isaiah Coulter. He's a small school receiver from Rhode Island. Uh, I know Matt Miller was really big on him. He's kind of just like we were talking about, shifty slot kind of guy. He's going to get open quickly like all the other receivers are adding. Charlie Heck is just a massive offensive tackle prospect. <laughs> Probably won't be anything special, but if he does, he's huge. Dude could yeah. be another bookend with uh, Laramie Tunsil. And then Grenard was solid at Florida, but not a lot of people were high on him as an NFL prospect, so we'll see what happens there. Players to watch. Uh, Watson again, of course, seeing what he does without DeAndre Hopkins because he's had DeAndre Hopkins his whole career. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does without a top three receiver. Uh, Will Fuller without having DeAndre Hopkins opposite him. And I think we talked about this when we talked about the Hopkins trade. Fuller is one of those guys that like him just being on the field makes everybody better because how fast and good he is. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see the impact he has. Um, Howard Graves we talked about a little bit. Uh, seeing how he does not in Tampa Bay without the high expectations. And then just J.J. Watt, seeing if he could stay healthy, see if he could be the same guy he's always been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as playoffs, I know we'll get to the rest of the teams in the AFC South, but what do you think? Just initial thought. Bill O'Brien. <laughs> That's a threat. <laughs> I think they have enough talent to make the playoffs. Um, but I also think the division's getting a little stronger, possibly. Yeah, um, yeah he's I mean, like the, the exception of Jacksonville, obviously. I don't want to lump them in with everybody else, but. This isn't a fully formed thought because I just thought of it. He's kind of like the Dave Gettleman of coaches. <laughs> like he makes moves that everybody hates on him for, and they typically play out well in his favor. So like, I'm not saying the nuke move is smart or good or I would have done it. But let's see what happens with it because like everything else has proved well so far. It's kind of just like Dave Gettleman. Yeah. Everybody hated the, the OBJ trade, and OBJ had a terrible season he did, and does not look that. like himself. Everybody hated the Daniel Jones pick, and Daniel Jones looked pretty good last year. Yeah, so let's so, see what happens before we fully say he's an idiot. I agree. <laughs> let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, yeah. Coming in this, this past season, and Jacoby Brissett was starting for them most of last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, made some nice signings that should improve their team a little bit. Um, yeah. Let's talk about some additions. Obviously, Phillip Rivers – that was yeah. the biggest one uh, to come in. Um, they made a couple couple good things. They, they signed Buckner away from the 49ers. Um, he could be a nice lift to their defense. Yeah. Um, anybody else, do you think they made a good move in the offseason? I think the best thing they did, Forrest Buckner's a huge addition. Phil Rivers a huge addition. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Trey Burden to replace Eric Ebron, pretty good addition. I think the best thing they did, though, was convincing Anthony Costanzo to not retire and re-sign yeah. him. Dude's a beast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're in the situation they're in because they didn't protect Andrew Luck long enough. Mm-hmm. And losing your, like, star left tackle would have hurt a lot after all that. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I don't – I mean, as far as losses, um, I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know if you have any, but what? They didn't have much. It was, like, all depth pieces. That's what I'm saying. It's just – it's not like there wasn't – I when I took a look at it, I didn't see any glaring name that jumped off the page to me of who they lost and it's going to make a, a huge impact – 
on their team. I mean, I think a lot of their additions, though, although they did sign Rivers and DeForest Buckner, and that's big, I think a lot of their additions came in the draft. I, I was a big fan of their draft. I thought they absolutely killed it. Um, I mean, we can I agree. talk about that for a second. Michael Pittman Jr., phenomenal pick. He's going to be yep. amazing. We talked about him and Rivers and the connection they'll have, like a like a Vincent Jackson-esque yeah. player. Um, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I, that's all I'm going to say. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, behind we, the, we the talked about him so much. Football. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I love their I love their team this year. I love their chances at, at being competitive in this division mm-hmm. and possibly – I mean, if you think about it, wouldn't you say – it would be easy to say that the Texans got worse after trading away DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. But when you look at all the other moves they made, they probably are just about even. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. He's – he doesn't make popular decisions, but it's so far been for the best of the team. So kind of like Dave Gettleman. Everybody's yep. hated everything he's done, but it's the team has gotten better. Yep. So it's with the with the Colts now. It's like it's like I wouldn't say that like the Texans have gotten dramatically better. Obviously the Titans are the Titans and it'll be interesting to see what they're going to be like. Jacksonville's awful, but I think they're <laughs> they're you know they're going to be competing with the Texans and the Titans a lot, but both of those teams I wouldn't make the argument to say that they've gotten better. I think the only yeah. team that really got better was the Colts because of some additions they've made. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, uh, you know, there this this year, especially in the backfield with uh, Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor and that split. And, yeah. and you still have um, what's the the pass catching back, Naheem Hines. I'm really yeah. high on him this year. I think he's going to be really involved. So uh, it's interesting. Was there any more draft picks that you thought they made that was that will make a big impact? Yeah, I like Julian Blackman a lot. He's like a Kind of like a Chauncey Gardner Johnson, but without the hype, he kind of does everything in the defensive backfield. Yeah. So he'll be a solid addition for them. Um, other than that, it was a lot of like future picks. So like Jacob Eason as the future quarterback, uh, Danny Pinter as a potential future guard opposite Quentin Nelson. Yeah. And then UDFA, Hot Rod, Rodrigo Blankenship <laughs> to replace uh, Adam Vinatieri. Yeah. So that'll be good. <laughs> Mr. Goggles. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but that's big. We talked about that with Steven Goskowski. Kicking is important, so to have a have a competent kicker on your team, it'll be interesting to see how he can perform. Um, yeah, I said it before. I'll say it again. I love their draft. I love their offseason additions. I think it made them better and made them more competitive in this division. Uh, yeah. Players to watch: uh, Alvin Taylor, obviously. Philip Rivers, yeah. obviously. Those are the obvious. Any any other ones that aren't obvious? Malik Hooker and Kamoko Katuri. Yes. Hooker got his option decline. Curious to see if he like plays up to his expectations with the chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Curie looked really good before he got hurt last year. So seeing if he could kind of build on that and progress this year. Yeah. Biggest playoff threat to the Indianapolis Colts in 2020. Uh, Phillip Rivers looking like Phillip Rivers last year. <laughs> I don't know if we, we talked about this on the podcast at all, uh, but I just, it was funny. I know you'll agree, but there was just, he's the only quarterback that in the last two minutes when they're trying to like have a game tying or game leading drive to win the game, you just mm-hmm. can sense this feeling when he's going to throw an interception. Yep. You we just, did talk about this. <laughs> it's, I can't explain it. You just, you just feel it coming. Like yeah. he's just going to launch the ball 25, 30 yards down the field. It's going to be picked off. Um, for the sake of time, let's, let's get moving a little bit more. Uh, let's yeah. move to Jacksonville. Probably shouldn't spend a lot of time on Jacksonville because they're not going to be too yeah. super good. Um, I like the moves they did make. Yeah. Uh, but I like them more if they didn't lose so many good players. Yeah. Like Tyler Eifert, low 
risk, high reward type player. Joe Schubert's a really solid linebacker. And then Chris Thompson to kind of be the opposite of uh, Leonard Fournette, like the power back and then the receiving back. I like, I love that move. But then you look at their losses of Killius Campbell, AJ Bowie, Jalen Ramsey, Marcus Gilchrist, uh, Marcel Darius, mm-hmm. um, Jake Ryan, Preston Brown, Marquise Lee. They lost so much this season. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're just going to accept the fact they're not going to be very good. And there's still Mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff going on with Leonard Fournette and the front office. And he might be traded. I mean, no one knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, It's weird. Um, I do have somebody to to watch for. It's not an addition or a loss or anything. But uh, just something that I think will be interesting is – I just blinked on his name. It's uh, Rayquel Armstead. Mm. Everything going on with uh, Leonard Fournette. He was drafted uh, two years ago, last last offseason. And he was pretty good in the time that he played. Yeah, um, but he's the, the same thing as Fournette. Yeah. He's another power back. Exactly. And so I don't know if the offense or the coaching just decides to turn to him a little bit more uh, because they're done with Fournette, or they decide to run Fournette into the ground because they're going to be done with him after the season. So yeah, um, it'll be interesting. Uh, what do you think about their draft? I love their draft a lot, actually. Um, C.J. Henderson is going to be a true number one lockdown corner. I don't think he'll be as good as Ramsey was, but dude's going to be really good. Um, actually, I loved Caleb on Chase on. He yeah. was like a guy I wanted the Giants to trade down for, like trade down to around like 10 or later yep. and target him. Um, so getting him late in the first round is huge. LaVisca Chenault is going to be good. He um, had first round hype, uh, looked like he was a little injured towards the end of the season, and in the uh, pre-draft process so him that kind of hurt his stock and then just a lot of like high, high reward low risk draft picks after that with Devon Hamilton Ben Barch Colin Johnson and then Jake Luton yeah yeah um, yeah the guy I agree with you on Chase on uh, LaVisca Chenault good receiver it'll be interesting to see how he fits in the offense uh, players to watch for me I have Gardner Minshew um, I think they yep. by all accounts they have pretty much said Hey, we're gonna. This is your team this year. We're gonna give you the keys. Yep. We'll see how you do. Um, kind of a bad situation, but um, you know, we'll see how he does. I think he was really good, and he had a really good combination with T.J. Chark last year. And when you saw Nick Foles come into the lineup, mm-hmm. T.J. Chark kind of struggled a little bit and wasn't as effective. But then when Minshew yep. was in the lineup, Chark was really good. So both of those go hand in hand to me. Minshew and Chark. I see that connection. We do watch yep. for that. Um, do you have any? Do you have any other players that you're watching? I have those two also. Um, I have Fournette, kind of the same thing as Hooker, seeing what he does, that chip on his shoulder this season. Um, and then Taven Bryan is one I'm really watching. I was a big fan of him coming out. He's just been buried because they drafted him with expectations of players leaving. So now it's his time to shine. Yep. Um, the thing that's interesting, I want to say it was uh, Draft Network put out an article about him and was saying the things that he's like he was really good at and he got drafted for is the stuff that they're moving away from defensively. Like, it looks like they're moving more to a 3-4 instead of staying at a 4-3. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with them. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not super excited about the Jacksonville this year. Uh, playoff threat? I have three playoff what threats. What are they? Uh, coaching, mm-hmm. quarterback play, and defense. Okay. Yeah, defense, have, they have a lot of holes. Even though they have a lot yeah. of young guys, it's, it's going to be rough this year. Like, if you think about it, there was one, two, three, four, five, five starting losses, three depth piece losses on defense that we talked yeah. about. Yeah, you're going to feel that, definitely. And this then they're going to lose Nick Walkway, too. I just forgot about that. Yep. Rating him. 
because he's not going to play. Be a, uh, a defense to pick on in fantasy um, for all you fantasy players out there. Um, real quick, just like we said, we got to go through this for the sake of time. Uh, let's hit the last team in AFC South. I'm excited to talk about this team. Yeah. Because it's kind of a question mark on them coming into the season. Tennessee Titans, very impressive last, last yeah. season. A nice uh, playoff run. They went one game short of making the Super Bowl. Uh, a lot of questions, but a lot of optimism surrounding yeah. in Tennessee. So what are some offseason additions you like? Yeah, I love getting Vic Beasley as like a low-risk, high-reward type player. Um, other than that, it was just a bunch of depth signings. They basically replaced the players yeah. they lost as depth. The only thing they didn't replace was Jarrell Casey leaving. Yeah. Um, but I think Vic Beasley will take a big step forward opposite Harold Landry this year. Um, he was really good in Atlanta for a season. I think he got hurt after that, and then there was just a lot of pressure on him. So he didn't yeah. really perform. This team reminds me a lot of the Bills in some mm-hmm. ways, to where they were very competitive last season. Um, and they didn't have a ton of weaknesses that they needed to fill. Um, so they just kind of added depth. And like you said, yeah. there wasn't like a bunch of big additions. Um, the key losses, obviously, um, you know, I wrote down Delaney Walker, although yep. he was kind of in and out of the lineup the last couple of years. Ryan suck up the kicker. He's been there for a long time. Yep. And then Jarrell Casey, a uh, big part of their defense, and he's gone. Yeah. Um, Any more? I think Jarrell Casey is the only one that's like a uh... – uh, loss on the field. It's kind of like the Dolphins. Um, with Wake, Suckup, and Walker leaving, they're losing a lot of veteran leadership more than they are talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. Oh, they also lost Jack Conklin. I forgot to write him down. That's going to be a huge yes. loss, oh, but man. they did a lot to, repl- to replace him mm-hmm. with Isaiah Wilson. Yeah. Let's talk about draft because Isaiah yeah. Wilson, that was a great pick. Um, I know they had a bunch of other picks that I was a fan of. What are some of yours? I loved Isaiah Wilson. Um, he had a lot of like really late draft type coming in. He, like, at one point in the draft process, he was, like, a fifth, sixth, seventh-round pick kind of guy. And he rose all the way up to the late first round. And part of that's because of his elite size. If it wasn't for Mekhi Becton, he would have been the biggest tackle in the draft. Dude, 6'7", like, 340. Massive. And it's just a massive run blocker, which is exactly what they want to do. Um, yeah. He's just going to develop into a really good corner – or a really good tackle. And then I really like getting Cole McDonald, as weird as that sounds. Yeah. He's just like an all-traits kind of guy. No production, no like real forecastable future in the NFL. But if yeah. they could develop him behind Tannehill, could be good. Yeah. Christian Fulton, Darrington Evans, those were pretty good picks. I yep. was a fan of Darrington Evans. I thought he was going to go to Tampa Bay. Uh, I did too. I liked him a lot. Pass-catching ability. Uh, Christian Fulton, I, I want to say he kind of fell a little bit to them. <laughs> he was kind of at a first-round yeah. buzz coming into the draft, and he kind of fell to them in the second. Or was it – what round was it? Yeah. Second? It was second, yeah. Uh, it's really did. funny. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody kind of gave them crap for taking Isaiah Wilson in the first round, but then they got Christian Fulton in the second. So it was kind of like if their roles were reversed in the draft order, everybody would have loved their draft. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, so players to watch. The two big ones I have are, well, Tannehill's an obvious one. So the two big ones I have outside of the obvious one yeah. is uh, Jeffrey Simmons having a full season this year because he looked really good in limited action last year. Yeah. Corey Davis, same thing as Hooker, same thing as Fournette. Chip on his shoulder. Will he get re-signed or not? Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, of course. And then, I don't know, Derrick Henry. He's kind of – I mean, I, I want to say he has a lot of miles on him just because of, um, you know, he, they've been feeding him a ton the last couple of years. But if you think about it, his first couple of years in the NFL, he really didn't get a lot of carries. But college he did. So it's it's weird. Um <laughs> 
I don't know. A lot of people I listen to, they don't think Henry's going to be making a full year uh, staying healthy this year with all the miles I can he has. See that. So, you know, that's where Darrington Evans could really come in. Um, but, yeah, it's it's interesting. And Corey Davis, who knows? <laughs> this is Andrew yeah. Brown's receiving Cornell. So, Rightfully so. Yeah. So what's the playoff threat? Lack of good luck, as weird as that sounds. Yeah. They had everything go right for them last year, and I'm really curious to see if that was why they made the playoffs or if they were good and everything went right for them. Yeah. It was really like Ryan Tannehill. As soon as they put him in the lineup, they just the yeah. team got a spark. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on the Titans. The two divisions that we uh, covered today, the AFC East and the AFC South, uh, will be pretty interesting divisions to see because of, there was a lot of change in both of them. Yeah. And – you know, a couple teams did dramatically get better, but it'll be interesting to see how that fits in in the, in the larger scheme of things. So, yep. do you have anything else you want to add? No, I think kind of like the AFC East, the Titans ran away with the division last year. The Texans are good. I think it's the Titans division to lose until the Colts prove they can win it again. Yeah. Um, and then you think you can't ignore Houston as long as they have Sean Watson. He just, he finds a way to win. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, that's it for uh, our podcast. I had a great time breaking down AFC East, AFC South. Um, next week's podcast, we're going to go back to NFC possibly, uh, finish up a yeah. couple of divisions there, talk about some teams. Uh, if you have any questions, please write that in the review on Apple and on Spotify podcast. Anything you want us to talk about, uh, we'd be more than happy to, yeah. to cover Send it to that. us on Twitter too. Yeah, and Twitter. And I think I gave the wrong Twitter handle for mine um, the first time because I just changed it. It's been Alex Burns Hoops for a long time. But it is now. Let's see. It I think is it's now. FF. Alex, Alex Burns FF. FF. Yes, yeah, so Alex Burns FF on Twitter. TJ Shriano on Twitter. We'll put that in the description so you guys can can click there and follow us. ATS Football Pod. ATS Football Pod. You know it. You guys have a great week, and as always, enjoy your football. <laughs>